Welcome to One Haas, a podcast devoted to bringing the Haas community closer together through your stories. I'm your host, Sean Lee, and my mission is to help open our eyes to the network we never knew we had. Today, I have Melissa Mendez Ochoa. She's a EW 2020, an Oski, just like me. How are you to do? Uh, but, but how are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. Happy it stopped raining for a little bit. So you went to Berkeley for your undergrad, your double bear. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Thank you. What did you study for your undergrad? I studied political science. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And I came to a quick realization that that is not what I wanted to do. And I think the reason I wanted to be a lawyer is my parents are from Mexico. And in Mexico, there's only certain careers that say that you've made it. Right. Um, and one of those is a lawyer. Yeah. So I felt like I needed to be a lawyer in order to make it. And I also wanted to make change and impact. So I felt like lawyer was a way to go. Right. But during my undergrad experience, my fourth year... I was almost done. It was my last semester. I came to a quick realization that that's not the only way to make change and that's not the only way to make it. So I finished with the political science major, but quickly realized that I wasn't going to go to law school. Okay. Yeah. So what did you choose to go into? <laughs> I went into nonprofit work right after undergrad. I actually was an administrative assistant at that point and worked my way up in the organization. And the organization I work for is Oakland Lee Foundation. Mm-hmm. And what we do is we provide different mediums for s- the students to explore and analyze social justice issues okay. so that they can become critical thinkers and community advocates. So we provide them different mediums from graffiti to storytelling to music production, video production, STEM, a lot of different enrichments that we're offering. Um, And we're always making sure to incorporate a social justice lens to it to make sure that they really do become critical thinkers. And this non or the nonprofit I work at is based in Oakland. Hmm. More particularly, we focus on schools in East Oakland. What grade levels? We work with K through 12. Okay. So... K through eight, we have after school programs. So as soon as they're done with their school day, we pick them up. They're with us for the after school program hours. For high school students, we have a garden and ecology internship program. So they learn about gardening. They actually teach our elementary garden classes, the high school interns themselves. And then we also have a four week free arts and social justice based summer camp Hmm. where it's a little bit more intentional and intensive of what we do in our after school programming because we have them Monday through Friday, the full length of of the day, so from 8 to 3.30. Um, so we're able to be a little bit more intentional instead of just the typical 3 to 6 p.m. that we have them during after-school hours. So help me understand this. So these kids are, those kids are not in school? They are in school. So they're with their school from until up until 3 o'clock. Then they come with us for the after-school program. In the summer, typically they're off uh-huh. and they're not involved in programs because the majority, I would say more than 90% of our students are low income. I see. Um, so they can't afford to pay for summer camps, which is why we do a free four-week camp for them um, so that they don't have to pay. And they're all East Oakland students. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So with programs like this, I've always wondered, is the outreach to the parents to encourage the parents to send their kids here? Or is it, do you see a lot of kids volunteering to come to these these programs? It's both. Um, I think you have to, as a student, want to be there because Mm. we definitely run into the students who 
don't typically want to be there and it's harder to engage them and harder to kind of get them to be part of the process of our camp and programs. But it's also important for the parents to be an advocate because you don't want a student to be wanting things for themselves and their parents falling behind and them asking their parents to catch up. So we also try to work with families to make sure they have the resources to help their student navigate school and make sure that they're involved, especially with the community we work with because Mm. they're typically low income. They're typically, we have a lot of immigrant students who just got here. So their parents are still learning, you know, the neighborhood and what school is like here versus where school is from where they came from. So just giving them those tools to make sure that both the parent and the student are supported through this process. And that's the whole K through 12. I see. Yeah. And what is your role at Oakland Leaf? So I am the deputy director. So I oversee the program director who oversees all of our programs mm-hmm. as well as our administrative coordinator. Um, and so I do programming, I do operations, HR, and finance. Because a nonprofit, you tend to wear a lot of different hats. Wow. That's, <laughs> yeah. That is a lot of hats. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of uh, good experience for, I mean, that's, that's entrepreneurship in a sense. Yeah. Um, Having to wear that many hats, yeah, You're almost like a like a startup yourself. Yeah, <laughs> definitely is. I have a lot of friends who are in startups, and it definitely has a very similar feel in terms of wearing different hats, um, the time commitment, all of that sort. It's very similar. There's a lot of similarities. I see. Mm-hmm. So today, I also wanted to cover um, the Berkeley Board Fellows, mm-hmm. right? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the Berkeley Board Fellows, I heard about it um, through our Bare Necessities email, which is an email we get um, as students every Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it just goes to the EWMBA students, ours, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, for us. Um, so I heard about it through there, and it was an opportunity for us as students to be able to apply to this program. Um, and I was really curious, working in nonprofit, how it worked for the employer side or the nonprofit side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I researched a little bit into it um, and saw the time commitment that it would be on our part as a nonprofit organization. And just the executive director and I decided to apply um, because we're always in need of volunteers at nonprofits. And we just saw the great opportunity to be able to cultivate that relationship with potential future people who want to be on boards and serve as board members. Um, because that's another thing too, as nonprofits, you're, you're constantly looking for new board members. So this was also a way for us to start building that pipeline mm-hmm. in terms of potential people who wanted to sit on that board. Um, so we applied and um, the students who apply, they get to choose out of the list of approved nonprofit agencies who, they, who they're interested in. Right. Um, and so we had two students who were interested in working with us, and they've been working with us since October. One of them is a full-time um, MBA student, and another one is in the getting her master's in the School of Social Welfare here at Berkeley. Wow. So the Berkeley Fellows Program really crosses the different schools as well, not just for Haas. Yes, I think it's the different... I'm not sure if it's every single master's program, but I think it's particular master's programs that um, collaborate to make sure that this happens. Um, I mean, the ones I know for sure are the School of Social Welfare and Haas because those are where our board fellows come from. I see. Mm-hmm. So basically it gives grad students an opportunity to uh, volunteer and serve on mm-hmm. the board for all these nonprofits and get some insights Correct. Is that the idea? Yeah. So our two board members, the idea is for them to know what it's like to be on a board, um, on a nonprofit board and how 
um, you make decisions, how you look at financial statements, a lot of the things we're learning in the program, but how do you do it as a um, governing board instead of a staff member? Um, so that's what their intention is for the program. Um, so the two students that are working with us, they attend every single board meeting. They also meet with the executive director and I separately since mm-hmm. we're working on a project together. Um, and they participate in the conversation just as as if they were on our board um, and get that experience firsthand, as well as they work with our board chair to learn from our board chair. She's kind of like a mentor to them of what it's like to be on the board um, and serving for a nonprofit. And how frequent are these board meetings? Um, our board meetings for our organization, they're every other month. Okay. Other organizations might have them more frequently or less frequently. It depends on the nonprofit. Um, but Ours are every other month, um, and they've been at every single one of them, actually. Do you, uh, do you happen to know if the Board Fellows Program encourages the, the students to uh, volunteer beyond the board role? Yeah, so they do ask them to um, volunteer and get to know the organization more on just the board level, but really be involved, um, which is why their work, the two students are working with us on um, a project. So the project is we're currently working on a teacher fellowship program. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is a big need for teachers in Oakland. And what our agency saw was that a lot of our staff were being hired by the school day. Um, So by the school, Mm-hmm. And so we felt or we saw that there was obviously something we were doing right in our hiring and our practices that yeah. they were then um, recruited, being recruited into yeah. the school day, which was great. Um, so we started looking at potentially developing our own fellowship program so that we can work with the district to transition staff from us into the daytime. Wow. Um, and so these two fellows did a lot of the outside research for us that because we didn't have the time and capacity to do, they were able to do it. Um, So that's where they've been supporting us is really researching how other fellowships look like, what we need to do, if there's even like a big need for it in Oakland that we do this fellowship. A lot of that outside work um, they've been supporting us with. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. How big is the uh, organization? How how many, uh, uh, how big is the community that you serve? Um, So we serve over a thousand students. So on a daily basis, um, we have a thousand students that are in our program and that's K through 12. Summer, it's a little bit smaller. It's only 150 because it's only the summer camp that's happening at that point. Um, But during August through June, typically a hundred students a day that we're serving or a thousand students, sorry. Um, Yeah, it's a, a lot of responsibility and pressure at times. And we only have 50 staff. So it's definitely, we're, I feel like we're doing a lot with um, the staff we have. That's amazing. Yeah. Definitely uh, could use more volunteers. Yes. <laughs> well, let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about uh, yourself, mm-hmm. um, why you're at Haas and mm-hmm. kind of what you want to pursue at or after Haas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at Haas because as being a nonprofit, I've seen nonprofits disappear Mm -hmm. and nonprofits that are struggling because it's hard to, they struggle with sustainability. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I felt really passionate and strong about was that nonprofits could learn a lot from 
the business model. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes they have this perception of we can't be like business. We have to be very different. And I was like, no, there's a lot we can learn from them. And that's really what I wanted to learn was I've had this nonprofit experience. What does the business side look like? Mm-hmm. And really explore that in a different lens. And it's definitely been working. I think like even in the accounting class that we just took, I do finance for nonprofit and just seeing the difference in it was a big learning experience for me. Like we don't have an equity statement in our thing because we don't have owners. Um, So learning about that was a lot different. And I wanted to also go through this experience because I knew eventually I wanted to transition out of nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I came to a point where I came to a realization where I noticed that Yes, I want to make impact for my own community, but there's also impact I want to make for myself. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that um, I set up the future generations when I decide to have kids to be sustainable and to be able to navigate the society. And I felt like I needed to step out of nonprofit work in order to do that. Because as a, so I'm first generation, I was the first one to go to college in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And definitely grew up low income as well. So I wanted to move away from that. Mm-hmm. And I, in nonprofits, a little bit hard mm-hmm. um, because you don't make as much as other uh, places. So right. it was also something I thought about doing is just for myself in terms of professional development, in terms of just developing my own skill set to make sure that when I do decide to have children, that they're able to have something that's more the opportunity <laughs> stable, yeah, yeah, and opportunities available for them. So it, it became not just about myself, but about the future generations as well. And so I've been thinking of transitioning out of nonprofit into a for-profit organization where I can do a lot of the social responsibility mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for a for-profit. It's out there. There's yeah. a lot of opportunities and how can I go and um, be part of these departments with the lens that I have right, from nonprofit right. organizations. Yeah, or even nonprofit arm of, yeah, know, of it, say, the, the Zuckerberg Chan Foundation mm-hmm. or you know the nonprofit arm of Salesforce, yeah. where Andrea's at. Yeah, yeah. Have you talked to her about that? At all? I haven't actually. Now that you just said that, I was you like, should. oh, I should talk to her. She's part of salesforce.org. Yeah, yeah. So she's completely in the nonprofit mm. arm. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, to wrap things up, how can we help you for our listeners? I think it helps opening up different perspectives. So I think the more as students were open and to different perspectives, I think it definitely helps. I think when I came even to Berkeley for this program, I was like, I wonder if everyone's going to be super close-minded. And that was like one of my fears. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not been the case. Um, So I think the four principles that we have help a lot. I think they do a lot for this school. And I think if we can continue to emphasize that, even as the dean, we're getting a new dean, Mm -hmm. continue to emphasize those principles because I think it does do a lot for our student body. I Um, completely agree. (laughs) Because that's one of the things I try to hold people accountable to when they are not questioning the status quo or when they're not in the mindset of being a student always. Mm -hmm. I've done that a couple of times where I I pull that card on people (laughs) all the time. Yeah, I think it does definitely do a lot for just the school culture in general. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important that it carries on past this dean. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I I think the only one I can't pull on people is confidence without attitude. (laughs) Because then then you're just straight up calling people out for being cocky. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) No, but I actually went to uh, one of the deans um, 
I guess a speaker series mm-hmm. where where he he went on tour right for his yeah. his dean's tour went on one of his dean's tours in uh, in L A and he talks about this culture thing actually they wrote a whole case study yeah. on this I don't know if you, you I haven't read the it. case study I heard that they have done a case study on it yeah though. and uh, it, he was just saying how even though these four principles are are guiding principles they may be evolving as well and I thought that was a very interesting thought because one of the uh, donors asked. Do these four principles in any way kind of lock the next dean into a certain mindset as well, right? Because as great as they are, which I think they're amazing, what if uh, what if the times are changing and, and how do we adapt to that? Or do we need to add more principles maybe? Or Yeah, I, I think it's also perception, right? Because I think student always, people can perceive it differently. Yeah. And I think the new dean has the ability to be able to say student always to me means this. I don't think it necessarily has to, they have to replicate every single thing that the current dean's been doing under student always. I think they have that flexibility of, well, this is what it means to me. And this is what I want to make sure that the students are getting out of this principle. So I do agree that I think it's something that's constantly adapting depending on what it is. And I think eventually maybe we they will decide to add a principle or yeah. maybe even remove a principle. Yeah. Um, who knows? I think it's definitely is something that's adaptable. And to that point, I remember this one last thing he said was, these principles are quite unique to Haas, mm-hmm. to Berkeley, actually. Um, because, you know, some of these principles, yes, other business schools adhere to student always and, and they want to embody confidence without attitude, but certain business schools, they can't put that as their defining principle and say, we are about confidence without attitude. (laughs) We are about beyond yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, they do it, but they're not going to put it in stone on the ground, (laughs) literally in stone (laughs) on the ground outside uh, in our courtyard. (laughs) So I thought that was actually a really interesting comment that he made. Yeah. I think it's also, I mean, Berkeley's able to do some things because it's Berkeley. Yeah. So (laughs) there's also that piece of it too. This is great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. My aim is to bring the Haas community closer together through your stories. We're always looking for Haasies willing to share their stories and experiences so that we can give you more insights into the different programs, different careers, and ultimately different perspectives. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please feel free to email me for suggestions on how I can improve this podcast or if you have any recommendations on people or content you'd like to hear. My email is reachshawn at berkeley.edu. That's spelled R-E-A-C-H-S-E-A-N at berkeley.edu. 